It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you solve your marketing problems and grow your e-commerce business. Cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and advice from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello and welcome to this episode of the e-commerce master plan podcast. I'm Chloe, the creator and host of this award-winning show, and it is my aim in every episode to help you to find ways to improve your e-commerce business. So thank you for tuning in. And in today's episode, I've got someone who has started multiple e-commerce businesses, merged them, bought them, grown them overseas, and has some really clever tips both around growing a team and managing a team, working with your own wife and also TikTok ads. So we've got a lot going on in today's episode. Stay tuned for that. But before we get into all of that, please do check out the sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by Clavio, the ultimate e-commerce marketing platform for brands of all kinds and sizes. Whether you're an entrepreneur just starting out or you're part of a marketing team at a multinational brand, Clavio will give you everything you need to create memorable marketing moments, building customer relationships that keep shoppers coming back time and time again. Get started with a free account today. Visit clavio.com slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash master plan. Helium 10 is an all-in-one software tool for entrepreneurs to help them start, build and grow a business on Amazon. Helium 10 has all the tools you need to run your business in one place. No more downloading multiple apps or paying for different software. And I have an incredible offer for you. Get 50% off your first month of a Helium 10 Platinum account when you go to helium10.com forward slash master plan. That's helium dot com slash master plan. And now to introduce today's special guest. Jordan West is the co-founder of Little and Lively, a baby clothes business founded in 2015 that does over a million a year and which has been the springboard to much, much more. Hello, Jordan. Chloe, thank you so much for having me on the podcast. This is great. I, I've enjoyed our conversation thus far and I'm, I'm excited to get it actually recording now. Yes, our secret conversation that nobody gets to hear. (laughs) That's right, yeah. (laughs) If only you guys knew what we've been talking about. Um, (laughs) It's going to be far more interesting in the episode, I think. But anyway, uh, I hope hope for everybody listening. I think so too, I think so too. And if not, they can pay $19.95 and get a recording (laughs) of of all of the, you know, behind the scenes footage. If only, if only one, one could actually work that out. The behind the scenes footage is so often either un, unpublishable or really boring. It, it just, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Just chit chat. Just chit chat. Have you turned off your phone? All the boring stuff. Um, right. So we, whilst, um, guys, you might be able to tell Jordan is a fellow podcaster, hence why we're just going a bit overly podcasty here. So to get us back on the e-commerce track, Jordan, how did you get started in e-commerce? My e-commerce journey actually started before uh, e-commerce. So I believe it was 2011. I really wanted to get into business. I was 23 years old, 24 years old at the time. Uh, so something like that. <laughs> and um, 
I really wanted to get into business. So I went to Craigslist and I started looking at businesses and I saw a restaurant for sale that was part of a chain. So I purchased this restaurant. It was $35,000. I knew that the chain was in bankruptcy and I thought, oh, what's the worst case scenario? Like I lose $35,000. I, I thought it was a great idea. I mean, looking back, it probably still was a good idea. But I, I probably, I think I ended up losing something around about $150,000 throughout all of that and about mm -hmm. five years. Um, but I learned a lot during that time, an absolute, a, a ton of stuff during that time. Throughout that, we had our first child and my wife was a fashion designer and uh, we were doing cloth diapering. Cloth diapering is uh, now looking back, like we have three kids. We did it for about, I don't know, a month in that one time. And it was just like, just the absolute worst thing you can imagine as a parent doing. Like the first child that you have, and then you're trying this cloth diapering and it's, 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 it's a horrific thing. But without that, I, I don't know if we'd have the company that we have now. It paid off in the long run. <laughs> I think so. I think that that one little bit of cloth diapering did pay off because, um, we realized that there wasn't leggings that fit over top of cloth diapers. And so for my wife, she's like, well, this is easy. Let's just design some leggings that fit over top of cloth diapers. And it's kind of also, you know, for regular diapers as well. Like they, they need a little bit of extra room mm -hmm. um, to fit over top of that. And so she did that and she brought them to some markets and people started to like them. And then she went on Etsy and we would sell out all the time uh, just on Etsy. And, and she's like, wow, I, I guess there's kind of something here. And then we got our first wholesale order. Oh, wow. And so we got into a store about, about three hours away from us. And that was, that was massive. You know, it was like a $500 order. And we're like, oh my gosh, this is just, this is amazing. And, and then I asked her, I'm like, can we start trying like Facebook ads? I knew absolutely nothing about it. And now I look back and I, you actually can't look back now because of the new iOS changes. But when I could look back to those times back in 2015, I saw return on ad spends. Uh, first of all, I don't even know how I got the Facebook pixel in. I don't remember putting <laughs> it in. I don't remember doing any of that stuff. I knew nothing about it. It was all like just so complicated to me. But somehow I got the Facebook pixel in because I was able to track the revenue. And our return on ad spend was about 80. So I put a dollar in, get $80 out, which is just for anybody in the world now is like, what? <laughs> Yeah, you're some kind of crazy ninja if you're achieving those numbers. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So we grew out of our, our house. Uh, you know, we always thought this was going to be a home-based business, and it was for quite a while. Uh, and we had leggings and pullovers and, and all of the clothing just everywhere around the house. It was absolutely mayhem in our house. Uh, and then we finally decided to get a little um, area that we were going to fulfill out of, and it was like a 1,000 square feet. And we put a little tiny, like 100 square foot, uh, retail space in the front of it. Uh, and we have far outgrown that one now. So we've gotten th three units. So now, now we're up to about an 8,000 square foot warehouse. And yeah, we just continue to grow and grow and grow. We've been buying brands uh, ever since um, to sort of fill that in. And um, yeah, it's been a, a great life uh, in e-com. We're, we're, actually, we're actually hoping to hit eight figures this year. So oh, wow. um, that's kind of our, our next big aim right now. Now, you started, as we mentioned, with the brand Little and Lively, which is the baby clothes. And you just you teased us there with the fact you then your next step wasn't to do to create your own brand that covered a different element of the market. But you went out and you bought brands to cover elements of the market. So what? We've done both. Oh, OK. So which did you do first? Did you do design route to another brand or did you go um, purchase? 
Yeah, so first we went the design route because my wife being a fashion designer, um, she had so many ideas in her head, right? Of, okay, let's let's do this. So we moved into um, women's fashion. Uh, and so started out as mommy and me clothing, like twinning, which, you know, has just been incredibly successful. When we introduced that line, our sales doubled immediately um, because newsflash, it's not the kids who are buying the clothing. That's not our target demographic. <laughs> it's the moms. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the mums will buy from you for maybe 30 years, whereas the kids only, they grow out of your range in five. Exactly, exactly. So as we were able to make that size range bigger and bigger, so we so now we're preemie all the way up to, I believe we're up to 3XL now. Um, so we cover the entire size range. Uh, and then we also added a pajama brand, and that was my wife's design as well. So we've got those three brands under one house. Uh, and then we went out and um, we started to acquire brands. So um, we bought one uh, in the States uh, that's really mission focused. So that's a little bit out of what we're doing here. And then we've got three more acquisitions uh, that are all lined up and ready to go um, for this fall. So, Wow. So you've, you've gone restaurateur to market stall seller to Etsy entrepreneur to e-commerce brand builder to now business acquiring mega multi-brand thing. I'm not quite sure what the word is at that point. I, you know, I don't even know what it is exactly either. It's funny because it's not like I, I don't picture myself as like owning all these companies. I just, I like people are like, well, how do you do it? How do you do it every day? Like you've got all these different brands, you know, we've got some other stuff that we'll talk about later too, but like, how do you do it? And I'm like, I have three direct reports. That's it. We have, I think between, between all the different companies, we've got about 50 employees, but like, I don't, I don't talk to them. Like we, I, and not that I don't want to, that's absolutely not it. I absolutely, I'm like a people person to the core. If I could just spend my day hanging out with our staff, that's what I would do, but I can't. So I have three direct reports and that's it. Otherwise I would go absolutely uh, crazy. Yes. And that, that's the, the key to growing a, a business big. I remember I once, um, I was once at a talk where someone was interviewing Johnny Bowden, who certainly the UK listeners will know, Bowden clothing, big mail order business grew very, very very huge in kind of like the 80s, 90s, now very much worn, sorry, the 90s, 2000s, very much yummy mummy territory, beautiful clothes. And um, he was saying as the founder of this business that he didn't have a single direct report because they tried it and they realised it was better that nobody reported into him. So even his PA didn't report into him, she reported into someone else and they had a a director to manage the business and he just got to do what Johnny was good at. Because it's, you know, getting to, to high success is as much about working out how you make it work for you, I think, as it is about building the business. Absolutely. I I think one of the keys to that sort of success is is being able to let go of things, right? And being okay with like, hey, that's actually not how I would do it exactly. But you're not reporting to me, so I'm going to have to lay it out like this to whoever you are reporting to. And not just go in there and fix everything. And that's that's the the issue with a lot of people that have started out in business and aren't necessarily business owners, right? They're more like self-employed people that just want to do everything. And, and I see a lot of people in e-commerce um, doing that, just wanting to do everything. And that's why they got to a certain level of success. But there is only there is a ceiling to that. Yeah, there certainly is. But um, let's cover off the business as it is right now, because you you are selling mo- most of your brands via 
the Kindred Studio, aren't you? So people want to go and check out the product. They're going to go to the Kindred Studio dot dot ca. I should have known. Yeah, that. we're good Canadians. So you've <laughs> you've consolidated it all on one website. I know a lot of SAO people would kind of go, "Oh my God, why did you do that?" So why did you decide to put all the brands on the same URL? Yeah, that's that's a great question, and that was very difficult for us with these um, three brands in in particular, trying to figure out what what we wanted to do. And really, at the end of the day, it comes down to us serving the customer, right? I'm actually not serving Google. Mm-hmm. Google's not my master. I don't really care what they have to say about that because they're not my they're not the biggest source of of traffic for us. And so we really wanted to serve our customer. And so so I make sure to cover off any of those SEO issues with Google Ads. Um, to make sure. So if somebody is searching Little and Lively, which is our, definitely our most well-known brand in Canada, um, I, I would say probably seven out of 10 moms would know Little and Lively um, within Canada. Um, if anybody's searching that, they will know, they'll immediately get an ad saying Little and Lively uh, is at the Kindred Studio um, or Kindred Studio home of Little and Lively. We decided that for the user experience, um, especially within Canada, I don't know what it's like in the UK, but within Canada, shipping is so expensive that that was a big issue that we were seeing is like, okay, well, how do we make sure that we, that somebody's going to buy something from Little and Lively, Dwelling and Pretty Laundry are, are these are three core brands that are underneath here. How do we do that? We also have a, a mobile app. So are we going to have three different mobile apps? Well, that gets really expensive. So we decided instead um, to do the idea, there's, there's, kind of two different schools of thought when it comes to rolling up brands like this, right? There's either the um, house of brands or a branded house. So branded house would be like Google, right? Google is a very great example of a branded house. Everything is Google. Um, a house of brands would be like P&G, right? Where all of their brands kind of sit underneath P&G. That's more what, what we're going for uh, when it comes to the Kindred Studio. Um, so, you know, in the fall, we're adding another acquisition of Baby Bow brand. It will also have its own site because it's more focused uh, in America. And so we really wanted to get into the States. Uh, and so instead of us spending, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars marketing and trying to get into the States, instead, we just bought a company that already had a very big, um, they, they had our target demographic, it was a win-win on both sides. Um, so that's that's sort of the, the thought patterns that I go through um, when I'm thinking about sort of how to enter a new market and whether to keep. So we're going to keep this new brand under the Kindred Studio. It's going to be the uh, you know a fourth brand underneath there, but it's also going to have its own site as well. I, 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 talking about thought ways, I think you, you anticipate, you must have read my mind because the next place I was going to take us was to what made you decide as a Canadian business for your, your business acquisition to be overseas? Because that is, it's hard enough doing a successful business acquisition in your own country, especially when, you, you know, when you've kind of streamlined and consolidated things and you've got things running really, I would, I would assume, very slickly in Canada to then go, yeah, let's just buy something totally new, try and integrate it. And, and why not cross a border at the same time? So that, that <laughs> so, was a big call. Yeah, so, so this is not the first American one. So we, we already, we just recently purchased a company um, down in Mesa, Arizona called Keep Nature Wild. That is completely separate from the Kindred Studio. That is a totally different um, target demographic. That has been a lot more, um, there's no integration in between that. That's its own sort of like house you can almost think of. 
Yeah. Is that that's the mission driven one you you referenced earlier, I'm guessing? That's right. Yeah, we have that. That's an incredible brand. We we pick up a pound of trash um, for every item that we sell. So we have this huge group of people. Um, they're called the Wild Keepers that go all around uh, the United States and Canada picking up trash and they measure it. They take pictures. And so they're trying to get trash off of the trails, which is really amazing because I, I'm a huge hiker and biker. I'm, I'm out on the trails all the time. And during COVID, the, the amazing thing is that so many people decided to get out on the trails, but they don't really understand the etiquette um, of being out on the trails. And a lot of people are leaving garbage out on the trails. And so the mission that we have is really just to take all that trash off of these trails and, and keep it beautiful and keep it wild. Very nice. Well, I'm going to take us take us back to the Kindred Studio now. And um, what platform have you decided to run your House of Brands upon? Yeah, so we're on Shopify. Then we use Shopify Plus um, for a lot of reasons. I-, I was always against Shopify Plus. I'm like, I don't understand why people are paying this amount of money to be on Shopify Plus. It makes no sense. I looked at the the features. Until I really got a deep dive into it and I talked to our web development agency and we and we realized actually that by moving over to Shopify Plus, a lot of things that we were asking them to do, we now don't have to pay them for. <laughs> so so our retainer uh, immediately went in half. And so I saved all the money that I was using uh, on them for Shopify Plus. Plus, uh, I mean, there's just so many reasons to go over to Plus um, that I didn't realize uh, at first. Even cost-wise, once you get to a certain level, their transaction fees uh, for for Shopify payments go down at like a ton. Um, so, so there's another reason right there. Anyway, this is not about this is not my pitch for <laughs> Shopify Plus, yeah. but you asked. You're, you're, yeah, it, but it is it is one of those interesting interesting things, and you're not the first person I've heard say it that didn't really get the benefit of Plus until you actually explored it. It's not a, it's not a quick and easy one to grasp. So I think you'll you'll have helped a lot of people by giving us that that outline. And you mentioned there's now 50 people across about 50 people across the team. Are you doing everything in house or are you using agencies for key elements or for uh, you know 3PL or something as well? Yeah, great question. So we actually uh, fulfill in all of our companies, we fulfill in-house. A few reasons for that is that we really want to own the entire customer experience. So from customer service to fulfilling the order, um, especially because all of the clothing that we make with the Kindred Studio is all made in Canada. Um, And so it's high quality. We charge more because of that. Uh, And we want to make sure that there are no flaws. We want to make sure that like we're really getting five star reviews for everything. And if we do make a mistake with something that we're making it right immediately. To us, I think that's why we can play in a little bit of a higher price point because of that. As far as outsourcing other things, we do have we work with a web development agency. Um, I also, uh, you know, started a marketing agency out of all of this. <laughs> so uh, we take care of a lot of the marketing over there. Um, and uh, and that's about all that we outsource. Everything else is is in-house. And across all those brands, would you say there's a kind of like a core DNA, which is the strength that you bring to them? Not as in you necessarily personally, but your conglomerate as such bring to it. Yeah, I'd say that we really care. I know a lot of people like say that, but like we really, uh, especially in customer service, like there will be people that will have absolutely ridiculous demands, right? Like um, they'll have like a ketchup stain on their shirt and say, yeah, it came like this. Like, of course it didn't come with a ketchup stain. Like we know that. (laughs) 
right? But we will we will make it right. It's not that the customer is right. Absolutely not. Like we we don't profess to be like, oh yeah, the customer is always right. No, we did not send you a shirt with a ketchup stain. But oh man, are we ever going to send you out a new one? And you're going to tell all of your friends like, oh my gosh, they they did this. And I, I think that that you know as a long term play. Um, I think it really, it really works. Um, I think also just having, knowing who our customers are at those sort of two big bases. So the outdoor brand and Kindred, right? Our customer is this, is the same person it's been for six or seven years now. And we really know that customer really well. That customer is my wife. And so she knows, she knows her own self and she is like her own avatar, um, and I think that really helps is really knowing the customer, knowing what they want. So when we add brands, we know it's because they're already buying, right? And we're able to serve them even more by, by uh, purchasing that brand um, for them to be able to purchase from us. And you're running a business with your wife, which a lot of people try and many fail at. You're clearly being very, very successful at it. So any tips on how to succeed in that scenario? Yeah, don't be each other's report, right? Don't <laughs> like, so, so I really try and tread very lightly on the kindred side because my wife is the CEO. She is the one that is running that ship. I, I step in on the marketing side. I'm the CMO uh, over there but I really tread lightly and let her make the decisions over there. And then everywhere else I get to be the boss. So <laughs> that's, it's a difficult transition to make because normally everybody's looking at me for the decisions in everything. Um, and so when I'm over on the kindred side, it's like I'm deferring to her and it, you know, it's not easy. It's not like, it's like, Oh, this is amazing. We've made this work so well. We love doing this together. Like it's, there's very difficult times and work often, comes into family life and we don't like that. I especially don't like that. I like really keeping things separate, um, but it happens. E-commerce master plan is supported by some of the greatest companies in the e-commerce sector. Here's a reminder of who they are. Success in 2021 means building stronger relationships with your customers. Last year saw a lot of consumers switching to buy online, leading to surges in new customer acquisition. So how are you planning on turning your new first-time buyers into profitable repeat customers? Well, that's what Clavio is for. Clavio helps businesses create memorable marketing moments through email, SMS, and personalized website experiences. And that is what creates repeat purchases. That's why Clavio, the ultimate e-commerce marketing platform, platform is used by over 50,000 e-commerce brands around the world. Get started with your free account today. Visit klaviyo.com slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O.com slash masterplan. Helium 10 is an all-in-one software tool for entrepreneurs to help them start, build and grow a business on Amazon. Whether you're just starting or are several years into e-commerce, it is a must-have tool for your business and I have an incredible offer for you. Get 50% off your first month of a Helium 10 Platinum account when you go to helium10.com forward slash masterplan. That's helium com slash masterplan. Master plan. It's time for the top tips round. Okay, I love this section because it gives me and our listeners some really quick ideas for taking our businesses to the next level. So, Jordan, are you ready for the top tips? Yes, I am. 
Okay, the book top tip. If everyone listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend? Hands Down Profit First by Mike Michalowicz. That book is life-changing for any entrepreneur. It is indeed. I will second that. An amazing book. I wish I'd read it like 10 years earlier, personally. Yeah. Yeah. Why? It should be like um, in the UK, when you register with Companies House, you should be sent a copy. Absolutely. That's what what should happen. Yeah, absolutely. If, yeah, if you're running a business, you need to understand that, right? There's so few unicorns out there who take dead on, take dead on, take dead on and then exit. Right. And, and, and he gets into, you know, why that's such a horrible mentality because no one's really making money. And yeah, profit first is, is really life-changing. Yeah. Seconded. Uh, okay, the traffic top tip. Which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves? VIP groups. So owning a VIP group of your top customers. Uh, it's it's an incredible thing that I don't see enough brands doing. And it really moves people into a deeper relationship with your brand uh, as far as traffic levels are concerned. Um, you're making people advocates of your brand within a VIP group. And I think that it's something people aren't doing enough of, and I rarely see brands doing it. And just what what would you say the nuts and bolts of a VIP group? Because I know some people are going to Google it to try and find the answer to this. So are we talking a Facebook group, a different email list, um, in-person events? How do you How do you manage that group? Yeah, so for me, a VIP group is where they can actually talk with each other. Right. Um, so Facebook groups, I think, are the, are the best place to do that right now. It really depends on your industry. Slack could be a really good place for you to do it as well. Maybe Discord, um, wherever you can gather people together. I do not recommend having your own trying to build out your own platform where people get to talk within amongst each other. No one's going to go there. Go where people already are. Um, Facebook, I don't think that Facebook is going to devalue groups anytime soon. I think if anything, that's their aim is to continue to grow groups um, and and have genuine interaction. That's uh, in my newsfeed, probably 75% of it is group posts that I'm seeing. Um, so I recommend going over to the, to the Facebook side, but a, a true VIP group needs to have that interaction between customers, right? Because that's where the magic really happens. And that's where your advocates can take those people who are you know, in traffic. I didn't explain the traffic levels exactly, but move them down the funnel even more um, to where they really become your advocate. Nice. Thank you for doing that. Uh, okay. The tall, tall even, can't read my own writing, which is worrying 300 odd episodes in. Uh, the tool top tip, maybe a collaboration tool, a social media plugin, a phone app, or just a way of working. Is there a cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient from day to day? Yeah, this is not going to be like earth shattering, but uh, the Slack Monday combination, um, that's the only way that I can work. Slack for communication, Monday for project management. Those two together just work so well in tandem. We didn't have that running uh, when we took over Keep Nature Wild and they were the communication was all over the place and we couldn't really figure it out. We put those two in place and it's just night and day the way that we're able to to work as a team now. Excellent. And that's kind of the ultimate test when it's cross-company. If it works for cross-company comms, then it's got to be good. Yes. Uh, Okay. The growth top tip. If you met someone today who's focused on growing their e-commerce business from 100 orders per month to 1,000, what would be your number one tip for them? I would say first focus on performance marketing. So go performance and then brand. Um, you've got to test test it out and and put more money in than you think at first. 
And then from there, make sure that those that money that you're spending is going towards an owned list. So SMS would be the the one that I'm recommending for you guys to really look at. Uh, Email is an obvious choice, um, but really building out that SMS list is going to take you from that 100 orders to that 1,000 a month. Nice. I like it. Focus on performance marketing. So we're talking Google ads and Facebook ads just for transparency, basically. Yeah, sorry, sorry, basically. I know I'm in this world so much that I forget that. (laughs) No, same here. I was just having an internal wrangling with myself. Do we need to explain performance marketing? No, we better, we should explain performance marketing because. But we should throw like TikTok and Snapchat in there as well, because those are highly becoming incredible channels um, for for us to, to take a look at. Okay, you've just you've just kind of thrown up the TikTok, um, etc. bit there. Any top tips for people who have, whose ears, ears have just pricked up about the new possibilities? Yes, get access to Creator Marketplace um, so that you can actually work with TikTok influencers. Um, as far as what our account managers are telling us is that their content uh, performs about 2x what your content is going to perform at uh, with paid ads. Wow. So you can use their profiles, like whitelisting their profiles. We call it social proof acceleration marketing. But you can whitelist their profiles uh, to then run ads on. And it's the best ads are ads that aren't ads, right? And that's what those creator marketplace ads are. I've heard of people even using um, the creator marketplace to create content to then use in Facebook ads, which I thought was kind of clever. Absolutely. Anything that works on TikTok will generally work on Instagram and Facebook, but not the other way around. There you go, guys. Do not simply on TikTok launch your Facebook ad campaign. It's not no, a good move. It will move. do nothing. You will, do, you will get absolutely nothing out of it. Excellent. That's some extra bonus top tips there, everyone. <laughs> um, well, look, Jordan, before we say goodbye, could you please let the listeners know where they can find you and your business on the web and social media, please? Absolutely. So for me, you can reach out to me on LinkedIn. I absolutely love um, chatting with people on LinkedIn. That's where I spend most of my social media time. So just search Jordan West Marketer. And then uh, if you want to learn more about The Kindred Studio, just go to thekindredstudio.ca. Excellent. And um, you mentioned that you have a marketing agency too, uh, which, I, which you know is, help, is growing your brands and others. So do you want to please let the audience know a little bit about what you get up to at your marketing agency and how they can get in contact with you about that, please? Sure. Yeah. So our marketing agency is Mindful Marketing. So you can go to mindfulmarketing.co. Uh, our tagline, and I, I love this because owning brands I feel like I've just got a different mentality than most agencies out there. And so our tagline is that we're the ads agency that helps you get off using ads. Um, And I really, truly believe that, that building own lists is the way to go. But you need to use ads in the meantime to populate those lists. Right. And so that's really our focus uh, is getting people onto those own lists and creating these super fans and these advocates of brands, because that's really where the magic and the customer lifetime value and all of that happens. So there you go. Mindful marketing. (laughs) I like it. Awesome. Thank you very much, Jordan. Thanks so much for coming on. It's been it's been very, I feel like we could, we could almost split your world down into about eight separate podcast episodes, but I think we've, <laughs> we've squeezed the greatest goodness out of you today. So uh, thank you very much for coming on and being willing to jump around between topics. Oh, I really appreciate you having me on. Thank you.
Well, lots of angles covered there with Jordan. Um, lots of little tips and lots of kind of big strategy pieces. I particularly, I like the bits about running the team and managing things. So as you're not kind of, you know, when you're working with family members, you're not tripping over each other all the time, but also the the piece about limiting the number of direct reports and letting go of things. I think that's something which I certainly find I have to learn again every couple of years. Then the entering America by buying a company who service the same market as you in that territory to then, I would take a rough punt, they're going to build a similar structure to the one they built with the Kindred Studio in Canada in America. But what a, what a great way of fast tracking it. You could spend a lot of money on Facebook ads or you could buy a business that's already making money. Um, so I, I really like that approach too. And uh, I think I'm going to have to keep in contact with Jordan and see what, what comes up in the future and maybe get him back on for you guys. So if you particularly like this one, do let me know because it's always lovely to hear what you guys think about our guests and who you'd like to hear more from and maybe even who you'd like to hear less from, which hopefully isn't me because that's not a problem I could solve. Um, to get your hands on the notes from today's show, including the top tips and links to what we mentioned, head over to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast. There you can also add yourself to our email list so you don't miss out on any of the other things I share to help you improve your business. If you liked this episode and you're interested in what big businesses are doing or maybe what fashion businesses are doing, then did you know if you head to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast, and scroll down to the footer, you will see links to pages that group together categories of episodes that we've that we've had on the show, which includes all our fashion and accessories episodes. We've got a whole page of those. And we've got a whole page of over seven figure businesses too. So, you know, if you want to find a good way of diving through the back catalogue, those are good places to head. Well, look, guys, thank you so much for tuning into this and every episode that you do of the e-commerce master plan podcast. I bring you a new interview every week because I want to inspire and help as many e-commerce business owners as possible to succeed and thrive with their businesses. So please do tell the other e-commerce business owners, you know, because I would love to help them too. I hope you have a brilliant week and don't forget to keep optimizing. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com slash podcast.